And he's just this weird old guy who like just has his hands on like our thighs. And we were just sitting there watching TV with him for like 15 minutes. He just doesn't say anything. And he's just like, you'll make good money here. Hello and welcome to Miseducated, the show about unlearning the misguided rules from society that govern our lives. With me, your host, Tash Doherty. Hello everyone and welcome back to Miseducated. With me, your host, Tash Doherty. This week I'm sharing the first part of a conversation that I had with Ruby, a young woman who entered the world of sex work when she was a college student living in Los Angeles. Ruby has since done a number of forms of body work, such as dancing at a strip club, using the platform seeking arrangements for sugaring, and also informal out-of-club work with male clients, which we'll learn is much more dangerous for her personal safety. In this first episode, I ask her about how her alias Ruby came about, why she decided to get into bodywork, and what it was like when she first started dancing at the strip club. Enjoy! So, hi everyone, I'm Tash, and welcome back to Miseducated. And today I have a very special guest with me, but she's not going to tell us her name, and we're going to come up on the spot right now with an anonymous name for her, so... What would you like your anonymous name to be? I think I will go Habsies Anonymous and use my real dancer name, but it still is not my real name. So it's still kind of an alias that I do use, which is Ruby. <laughs> Ruby? Yes. Wait, so how did you come up with the alias Ruby? It definitely took a few rounds of trying out different names. Um, a lot of different names had been thrown at me and I didn't click with them and I really like to wear red um and had just a nice two-syllable y ending you know that's kind of a good trick it's two-syllable y ending um ruby and no and also the other thing is that at a club and I guess we'll get into this is that there a lot of dancers will end up having the same name so it's like if you go to a new club you have to find like a new name sometimes so it's like if there was a dancer that I wanted her name but there was already one of those at that club you can't you can't use her name no you couldn't just be like ruby number two you'd have to just be somebody else yes. <laughs> so interesting so it's yeah. kind of your name but it's also something that you an addition right so do you think ruby has like a different personality to you or are you kind of the same person definitely different for sure um ruby is way more uh zesty and aggressive I think um Ruby is more confident you know wants her way um chasing her bag is about her shit knows the grindstone but has a great time wow when do you like inhabit Ruby I guess as a persona if you do feel I definitely think I'm a Embody some lazy tendencies, or just like I'll do it tomorrow tendencies. Whereas Ruby will get it done right away. Um, But if uh, if I'm out and about, a night out, or walking the street, she's back. Right. And so, when did Ruby like come about? How was she born? I guess in a sense. Mm -hmm. I guess in a way out of like necessity. Um, You can't get pushed around. You have to be very 
offensive. Like you can't be on your defense. You have to, um, you know, be in the driver's seat. Um, and it was like a learning curve almost to get there. So when did this happen? Hmm, this was almost a year ago now, I guess. Um, officially almost a year ago now. And then unofficially, like Ruby hadn't had a name, I guess, in like four years ago or, five, or three years ago. That's when like baby Ruby was, you know, like a, a little embryo. Yeah. So what kind of necessitated um, that like three or four years ago? What kind of situation were you in in your life where you were like, I'm curious about exploring this kind of work or doing these things? And what had led you up to that point? Yes, when I was, let's see, I think I was 20 is when I first or 19. I guess I was 19 is when um, I first, you know, entered the world of like sugaring and wanting to have an older person give me money in exchange for something of mine. So I think that like interest or was out of curiosity, but also for sure like a need for money and quick money. Um, when I, the, my first time sugaring was when I was working full-time startup corporate internship I was getting paid, um, but, you know, I was getting my weekly salary was what I would get for one date. So I was just, and I had this goal of mine at the end of the summer for the summer internship that I wanted to take time off school and travel for like a semester off, but not to any school. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I need a lot of money to, you know, plane tickets, accommodations, all this stuff. And I didn't have enough money to do that. So, and this internship wasn't going to pay me enough to do it. And I had this finite amount of time, so I would just signed up for one of these seeking sites and made like, and I was just like, wow, like I'm making, it's so funny. I'm walking into work in the morning and I made, you know, my month salary in the past three days from going on like double dates to like, so that was cool. Just like seeing that I could capitalize on certain like assets of my own at a much faster rate and a much higher rate than others. It was also a little scary because it's like, I'm working like my job, like I'm using my brain, like my big girl brain and I'm getting paid nothing. But when I use like my, my little girl body, like I'm gonna get paid a lot. Wow. There's like so much to unpack in that. I'm amazed as well. And in terms of the assets, because I, in my world that I grew up in, I was taught, okay, use your big girl brain and like go compete in the man's world for the same money in the same way and try and be better than them so that you can also make that money. But what you're saying is maybe just because if it comes down to the money, um, we have other assets that we haven't really thought about before. And did you always think that you would be comfortable doing something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I guess... That all happened my going into my third year of college and my first year of college, I went to a strip club for the first time as part of a school project. And I saw strippers and I was like, in, in a first like real life context, not like a movie or a video game or whatever piece of media that is going to have some like skew to it. And I was just like watching them on the stage and I was like, I could do this. Like I could definitely do this. And I think I would be good at it. But it's kind of just like a little seed in the back of my mind that I was like, these girls, like, I could learn that, you know? It's not that hard, like, in my mind. 
Um, but definitely like pre that moment, I don't think I really thought about my parents definitely like did not talk about like sex work or like stripping in the household. And that just, I think it was just like, wasn't even an option. Like that just like was never going to be an option for us. Like we were going to be, you know, ivory tower girls that me and my sister, like we were not going to be doing that. It's like, you're not going to use your, you're not going to do body work. You know, you're going to do brain work. Um, and I think it, it really just got down to the money thing. It's, and I, it's just capitalism where it's like, it's just the dirty capitalism that I can make so much more money capitalizing on like a quote unquote young body, which is disgusting, but very real. And when you say your sister too, I mean, obviously this is your story and not hers, but are you both involved in body work or is that just a, a personal decision that you made? Totally me. She, I will, I would, I mean, I would definitely say like she supports what I do. I mean, she's very, um, anxious and she would not like me to do what I do and she's like very worried about my safety which is like totally valid and I appreciate her concern um truly and she wouldn't yeah she definitely would not be interested at all in doing any of this she's big brain girl she's uh yeah yeah she's great and she's doing really well for herself and I admire her um interesting and so yeah, the I guess the normal brain world way wasn't making enough money for as you saw it. And when you said that and you went to the strip club and you saw the girls dancing, what part of it was interesting to you about doing it? Was it was it the physical act of stripping? Because that can be like, you know, it's very athletic. Was it the athletic side? Was it purely the money side? Was it like the control and power side? Like what was kind of interesting about it to you? I guess a little bit of everything. In one way, you know, there is the physical performative, you know, side that it's like, I get to dress up in some sort of like outfit, put on some sort of makeup, put on a cool pair of heels, do my hair, feel really cool, like, and really sexy. And then dance and like, feel really sexy dancing and dancing. And I love, I've always loved dancing. And then also like, as a kid, I loved being on stage. You know, I was in musical theater. I was in dance class. So it's like also that aspect is so fun that like, you know, all, all eyes on me. And then I'm going to get paid to do this. And like, I'm going to become friends with my coworkers and like, we're just going to, you know, drink in the back and it's just going to be like a night out. You're just going to dance with your friends and get paid to do it. And it just became really fun. Right. That's amazing. And, um, I'm thinking now about all my friends who are really into the theater and how stripping is probably the most lucrative thing you can do with your body. Mm-hmm. Maybe you probably get paid more than, you know, people who act on not Broadway, like certain Broadway shows, obviously they probably pay you a bit more, but like for the most part, I mean, people will pay for it. So that's a very yeah, interesting I mean, way. If you would break it down to an hourly rate, I mean, it, it's totally, it totally depends on the night, but it's like, you could have a night that you're making like, I don't know, eight hundred dollars an hour, or if like you're with a certain client, like you couldn't be making a thousand dollars an hour. Um, I can't find a job right out of college right now that's gonna pay me a thousand dollars an hour. I mean, that is very rare, but probably a hundred dollars an hour, hopefully, if not fifty. On yeah. A bad night. And then you've been at clubs in different cities, right? As well. So it, just in LA, I have participated in the strip club scene. Right. So I'm earnest to join the New York strip club scene. I've like learned a little bit about it, but I have yet to in-person uh, interact with it. And I did offer to connect you with my friend 
my friend's friend um <laughs> who is a stripper in New York I'm barely just moved here as well so I don't really know um that many people so I guess like your first night being a stripper what was that like and was it what you expected it was embarrassing like if it was one word it would just be embarrassing and now it's like I think it's funny thank god like I had two really good friends that had started already working at this club so they were like this is what's gonna happen so it's like I knew kind of what the run was gonna be like and they're like this is like what that door goes to you should talk to the person that looks like this so like I had a good amount of guidance and I auditioned I'll just talk about the night I auditioned because that was also like I guess the first night I worked and I got to audition with a friend of mine who wanted to start dancing. So I also had a buddy, which is really nice, which I recommend if anyone ever wants to start dancing. It's sometimes nice to do it with a buddy or it just feels a little safer. Um, And you're supposed to arrive at a certain time, usually earlier in the night. And we were way later than we should have gotten there. But thankfully we had already done our hair and makeup, which sometimes can take a long time. And if you arrive not having done that sometimes, they're like, it's gonna take too long. So we were already already and we got there and then like, they're like, okay, here's the owner. And they just asked our name. So like, can we see your ID? Showed them our ID. And they're like, all right, go to the DJ and he's going to put you on and we're going to watch you. And um, we're just like, oh, okay. Um, I had never danced on a pole before. Like I've never danced like a stripper before, <laughs> like on a stage, I guess, in front of people. Um, and like there were customers there too. It was like kind of early in the night, but there were still people there. And also it's like, there's all the strippers there too. So they're all going to look at you. And I told my friend that I would go first, which was stupid. They're like, okay, this is the only rules that you have to take off all your clothes. So like, make sure you take off your top and your bottom. You have to take them off. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, because the club that I worked at was a, and I think this is a California law. I don't know, but I think other states do have this or I guess if it's a full nude club, it cannot serve alcohol. And if it does serve alcohol, then it cannot be a all nude club. And the club that I worked at was a all nude club so that they did not serve alcohol. So they want the dancers who are on stage to take off all of their clothes. So I did. What clothes were you wearing on this? I was wearing a black, super skimpy bikini and it was like leather, like pleather material. It looked awful. And also like, that's another thing that you kind of like adopt is like your stripper, I hate to say aesthetic, but kind of like your own stripper style. It's like, you kind of, you know, they're like the baby doll strippers or they're like the only ones that were black, you know, or they're the ones that were like the, like neon, like everyone kind of has their own little style. So that was a time that I did not know what my style was yet. And I hardly know how to walk in my stripper heels. I don't know how to use a pole. I walk out there like shaking on my little, on my tall heels. And the song that the person plays too, which is also, it's like, the song matters so much. Like the song is everything. And I don't know what it's called. I should look it up, but it's like one of those old timey rock and roll songs. And it's like, girls, girls, girls. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like I'm about to dance. Like I'm about to shake my ass to like some rock and roll song from the sixties. Like this is not it. And I'm like trying to dance and I'm literally just swinging around the pole like with my arm and just dance, like walking around, walking around. Cause I have no idea how to dance. Um, and then like, I think like 70% of my time is up and I'm like, shit, I totally forgot to take my clothes off. Like I'm supposed to be stripping. I'm supposed to be taking my clothes off. So then I'm just like, fuck. And I just like tear my clothes off. Like not in any type of way. I just, I'm like, I just take them off. Like not how you're supposed to take off your clothes. And that was super ungraceful. And I'm just 
I have like blinders on. Like, I just didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want anyone to look at me because I'm like, I look so bad right now. And, and then I just walked back. Nobody gave me any money. And then my friend went out and she fucking kills it. She got a bunch of money, bunch of people threw her ones. She told me she did a handstand and like shook her ass while she was doing a handstand. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were both going into this, like knowing nothing. And I went first and I looked like that. So, but then they both hired us. Oh, and I, this, my bikini or top broke while I was taking it off. So then when I got off, oh my god, now in the back room or whatever, and I'm just sitting there like tits out, and I'm like, I really want to cover, it. and I cannot fix the strap. Oh so and he's just this weird old guy, who like just has his hands on like our thighs, and we were just sitting there watching TV with him for like 15 minutes. He just doesn't say anything, and he's just like, "You'll make good money here." Wow. And he's just like, why do you want to be dancers? And we're like, I don't know, like money. <laughs> and that was that was it. And I didn't get any dances. I just sat in the back room for the rest of the night and like just watched. I needed to observe so I could learn what the other girls were doing. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. That's crazy. And when you met this owner of the strip club, were you like, okay, this guy is really seedy? Or did he seem oh, kind of harmless? I mean, definitely creepy. Like all the all the owners were super creepy. But I did have a leg up because I found out that they were all Arab and I know some Arabic. So once I started to talk with them and like chat with them, their like house guy who was always there kind of just like looking around became really close with me and would always chat with me. So you kind of get on their good side. Um, but they, yeah, they definitely were running a kind of, I don't know, sketchy operation, not official. And having the house guy like, was that important at all? Did that help you feel like safer while you were there? I feel like it's definitely safer in some ways because it's like you are ranked in their eyes in some way. And it's like if something does happen, like they have the power to just be like to a customer, just be like, get out. If the security is doing something somewhere else. But like these other guys can also, like I hate to say it, but it's like there is power in having another man, you know, looking out for you. So I would say in a strip club setting, if there's a man that's earnestly, looking out for your back I will accept any and all of that looking out for and so after this like first experience that you had did you feel degraded at all like how did that how did you feel about doing it again I think definitely at first it was like wow like I'm just being stared at but I was like think for a second like when I go on the street all that happens to me is I get stared at like I get stared at all the time for like wearing whatever you know wherever in the world I'm gonna get stared at for who I am as a woman and in a strip club setting I'm like now you're paying to stare at me so I'm okay with that because you're paying to stare at me and that's okay like I mean quote-unquote like that's okay so with that said I was like okay I guess I can kind of get with this and then you know once you kind of go up to the dressing room and you see these women with these like piles of money I'm like well I just you just have to learn how they do that and then over time like as you start to become closer with the others too it's like you just kind of learn how to do it and you can learn that anyone can do it if you just know the little things um and also you just learn that like you'll fit into a niche of a customer and customers are usually like looking for something and you will fit into something that they're one person is looking for at least right
thank you for joining us for this episode. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Ruby's story. And feel free to message me on Instagram with your thoughts. And if you have any follow-up questions, our Instagram is miseducatedpod. Stick around for next week's episode when I ask Ruby about the rights of sex workers, how becoming a stripper has impacted her life, and how she balances this with her normal life as a nanny and college student. Lots of love. Bye.